Episode 4? Yes, episode 4. It feels like, has it been a week already? Yeah. Yeah. It don't feel like a week. It's been a week, bro. That's how the week and calendar works. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying it don't feel like it. I've no, not no, been well. Time, no, how are you though? Ah, I'm alright, I'll live. Because the week before, mm. you were in a bit of a mood. Well, when, when, when I bink. Yeah, I was in no, a fat mood. Not, yeah, that's not that's not a mood. That's um, you, I think you had an emotional breakdown. Yeah, that was that was a start of when I got ill. Yeah, you see, because you let all that negative energy yeah into your system. Yes, and God had to sit you down for a minute. And the dragon got me. The dragon. Yes. Okay. Let's start this podcast. Let's do it. Let's do right. It. So I'm Summit, aka Sub Zero, aka Raiden, aka Perfect, wow. aka Get Over Here, aka wow. One Half of the Anonymous Nerds, and I am Chris Mitchell, aka the Vitiligo Killer, the other <laughs> half. Of the anonymous nerds. <laughs> Why do you always crack me up with your AKAs? And then you go on Twitter and then you put it as your like your profile. Brandon. That's hilarious. Brandon, bro, I'm the Vitiligo killer. <laughs> Alright, how are you doing? I'm I'm good, man. I'm 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 excited for episode four. Yeah. Um I'm also excited for Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see it on Saturday. I'm taking my lovely lady with me. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the cinema, smelling like fried chicken and cocoa butter. Nice. Um, Darnell's got his hand in the air, like he just waving, like I just don't care. I went to, I went today. Did you? Yes. What was it? No, 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 I don't want to hear it. There was too many people there, so I just walked out. I, I, I would do the ticket, same. And then I walked out. I would do the same. So you I didn't bought, see it. I didn't see it. But you bought your ticket. I have a ticket in my pocket right now. Okay. Well, if you want to go on Saturday, let me know. We will go to come with my late, me and my lady. She should love to meet you. She got a friend, or <laughs> she the way you she got so, a friend. Um... So... Okay, so okay, so Black Panther. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Fried okay. chicken and cocoa butter. That should be good. I've heard great things about it. So have I. Did you hear the album? Have you heard the Black Panther album? No, heard it this morning. Um, I want to hear it. Fire. Um, yeah, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of of movie soundtracks. This um, is good because Kendrick is. He's in a zone now. So, you know, people talk about Kendrick. We're not going to go into too much Kendrick. But, you know, how people talk about Kendrick like, you know, he's dope, but I can't really understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's finding a groove now where he's articulating his That's good. It's been seven talent. years. Yeah, you know, it takes time. It takes time, but... Seven years? Yeah, it takes time. Okay. But well, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested because it's... Uh, I'm interested in finding out what uh, an, an, a Kendrick executive produced project sounds like. Um, I'm a bit weary, though, because uh, Isaiah Rashad is not on the album. Okay. A little disappointed, but I'm, I'm, I know J-Rock's on there. He's mm-hmm. my favourite TDE guy, so... Yeah, I mean, look, man, I'm trying to say I might be looking at my Caucasian friends very differently this time next week, <laughs> but um, I'm ready. Okay, so we got the... Uh, today's episode, we are focusing on the the, leg- the legend, the man, the dude. I, I don't know if that's even appropriate. Why? Enough to, this man is beyond... You're going you're gonna to do this way intro? No, 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 he's beyond humanity. Okay. I think. You think? Yeah, I think. Okay. He's okay. beyond humanity. Musical genius? Yes, absolutely. It's Quincy Jones? Your man, Quincy Jones. So your man, Quincy Jones, has been out here doing a bunch of interviews. Right, but we've got to say his full name, though. Hit, hit me, go on. Quincy Delight Jones. No! That's his name. Dude. No! Yes. He has a delightful name? Delight. Delight. Yeah, like so Sunny cute. Delight. But his music brings delight. Oh god, that's corny, Chris man. Dude, his name. Nah, is... that's corny. It's his corny, music but that's his brings name. delight. But that's his name. I expect better of you. No, but that's his name. That's what's on the government paper. That's deep. So his driver license says Quincy Delight. That's, really. that's why his son is Quincy Delight Junior the Third. Oh, QD three. Yep, 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 yep. Quincy is wiling. Quincy is wiling. Um, Michael Jackson. It's righteous wiling though. Really? Why, I think why, it's righteous. Why do you say that? Because when legends speak, you know, you just have to listen. Um. Okay. And my grandma always said, pick sense from nonsense. So, 
even though there's things in these interviews, and we'll get into it, mm. things that we don't necessarily agree with, mm. I think he said some really, really poignant uh, pieces of information, particularly in terms of how music is produced, how the craft should be studied, and how creativity and commerce are often at odds with each other. Definitely. I, I, I definitely agree with that. There are some bits and some parts where I feel struggling with it going, eh, did you really need to say that? And, oh, that was great. And, you know, he's a man who's been in the business, in music business, for 50 years, 50 odd years, mm-hmm. worked with the best. Mm-hmm. The who's who of the music industry, mm-hmm. an icon, a genius, whatever, all those superlatives that we want to talk about, those kind of people. He's the Mozart of our time. We could talk about yeah, all those things. Absolutely. But there's some things where he, sh- I don't, f- I felt like he could have just kept stush. All right, well, let's, let's get into it. So first he's talking about, Michael Jackson, stealing. <laughs> now, the re- now, now, I read one interview in right. GQ where he, you know, speaks very highly of, of Michael. As you do. There's disputes between Quincy Jones, Delight Jones, yeah. and the Michael Jackson estate. Okay. And so... You don't, vo- don't want it with Joe, though, because Joe, Joe will beat the brakes off Quincy. Quincy. <laughs> what, he got his dude, belt? Dude. Let me get my belt. Have you seen Joe Jackson's face? Yeah. Did you ever... Let's, his did, face looks like... He looks like civil rights, bro. No, but... <laughs> I'm be- <laughs> No <laughs> Yo moment of silence for that I'm just saying how I see it. Did you ever watch the Jackson TV the Jackson 5 TV show? I like remember in the 90s? yeah 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 when Michael Jackson went under the bed and started singing to the <laughs> Don't let me get my belt. Dude, I grew up in a black household. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it went down. Really? They they did that for TV. In the real in real life, that wasn't happening. They'll that tell wasn't... you to go and get the belt. The wow. belt had a name. Right, so what I was saying, the belt had a name. Had a name. Go and get Mary. No. Yeah. Go wow. get Mary. Go get Joe. Joe in that. Yeah, bro. So Joe. Michael Jackson stealing in in the Vulture interview. And I feel I don't know. I feel it comes from a like he's saying the truth, but mm-hmm. I feel it's coming from a really weird place. Because in one interview, he speaks highly of, of, of Michael. And then the next, he's going, I took the piss out of him with that disability he had and whatever bullshit he had with plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he stole shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe just he woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. I mean, I hold Michael Jackson in such high regard that the concept of him stealing initially rubbed me the wrong way. Initially. Right. Then I understood it. You know why? I sat down with myself. Michael Jackson had some very big overheads. You're right. Okay? He had giraffes at Neverland, right? <laughs> he had bubbles. Muscles. Bubble, yeah. And mu- muscles, what animal was muscles? Muscles was a snake, the, the right, boa so constrictor. He a, so he had a boa constrictor, right? So, mus- so giraffes, bubbles probably needed a coat. He, he had a snake. He had all them rides. Yeah. Can you imagine what the Neverland ranch gas bill was like so he needed that money so if someone had to you know get bumped for 10 percent of publishing it had to be done yeah it had to be done yeah. that, that jackson five money was not cutting it no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't I, cutting it but I, I think obviously with michael and that situation and i think what quincy's doing i think he's just shining a light the fact that you know michael had tendencies where he was a bit tight machiavellian yeah and- but one thing i would say i feel michael jackson the artist had a bit of a chip on his shoulder I was reading some information uh, just after the release of, of Off The Wall. Mm. And he felt Off The Wall was a failure. Michael? So, yeah, it sold 20, 30 million records. Wow. 
He said he wanted to be the biggest and most wealthiest artist in the world because he felt that he was being slighted because he was a, a black guy. So oftentimes we credit Michael Jackson with bringing pop and R&B to the MTV stage. He felt he was being held back as a black artist. Wow. And I feel that kind of resentment fed into some of his business practices. Think about it, he's been in the game or he was in the game since he was, what, nine years old? Yeah, very young So age. he probably got the short end of the contractual stick on multiple occasions. As soon as he wised up and he realised this is the kind of money I can make, yeah, he, 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 was, a, he was a paper gangster before Puffy. And, and also it's the music business. It's the music business. You, it's business, that's the operative word. So, yeah, I get that. And when I, you're the most powerful, like, not yeah. powerful, but he was the most recognisable and popular man in the world. At that for a number of years, so you know, there's no contract he can't listen. This, this, yeah, I get. I, I think, I think for a lot of people, probably the the shock where that, you know, that it's almost the mask come off. You know, the the Michael Jackson mask, the superhero mask. We wouldn't expect that from Michael, yeah. and and that in those moments in those Quincy interview in that Quincy interview he's kind of like removing the mask going that's the kind of individual he was. He's yeah. giving an insight into something we never really got to see. But didn't. Him and Paul McCartney fall out over similar reasons because um, yes, I I read and correct me if I'm wrong that Paul McCartney was the one who was even encouraging him to you know yes. you need to start looking into buying music libraries. Yes. This whole time this guy they're out having slush puppies. Yes, right? he's like yo you gotta buy some music libraries. And his mind he's just drinking his slush puppy and he's like I'm gonna buy yours. Yes, and he bought his. Yes, and they and I don't think they spoke. No, I don't know. I don't know when after that. I don't know if they ever reconciled. I'd, I'd, I've never heard Mike, um, Paul McCartney call Michael's name. No, he after that, obviously, that's that soured their relationship. Obviously, Michael got the Beatles catalogue for his kids. That's his. That's inheritance money. Standard. That's Take that. Crazy. Take that. You're Which, like, yeah, I told you. Shrewd. It's shrewd. It really is. Would it, if you had the chance, wouldn't you buy it? Well, you know. Well, oh, I'm your friend. I'm not going to do it. Hey, I'm, I love Jay-Z, you. Jay-Z overcharged us for what we did to the cold crush. It's the same principle. <laughs> it's the same principle. I'm sorry. Yeah. But speaking of the Beatles, mm-hmm. they were trash. Very trash. They were trash. No, they weren't trash. Ringo Starr was trash. <laughs> His name is trash. Ringo right. Starr. Yeah, Ringo Starr's a trash name. Sound like it's, something like a rainbow. It's, it's a very British... It's a British name, no. Ringo Starr. All right, mate, where you going? I'm going to say Ringo Starr, you no, know, no, Dan no. Rose. It sounds very much like uh, America, make America great again. Before it was oh. time. <laughs> yeah, your man Ringo. Ringo. Um, I think, look, don't get me wrong, I like the Beatles. I used to work in Woolworths. So the, the Beatles used to get mad airtime. Did they? In, in Woolworths, especially when they came out with that number one compilation. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, been yeah. a hard day, huh? And I'll be sleeping And when I get home you, yeah, yeah. I, I had to live I had to live through that. Um wow. Are the Beatles trash? No. Are they overrated? Absolutely. Overrated? Very much so. But the Beatles are one of those groups that you dare not criticize for public backlash. Um in this particular country, mm. the Beatles are a cultural institution. Yes. Talking bad about the Beatles is like going to Queensbridge and talking bad about Mob Deep. Or going to Atlanta and saying outcasts are trash. There's certain people that you just can't say that about. Right. Going right? to Bedstein and say Biggie was boogers. Okay, you might you might not make it out. Right. Um, but are the Beatles? I think the Beatles are way overrated. I did love the story though, where the guy couldn't do that that drum loop, and he's like, "Look, just piss off." Yeah, basically and for an he, hour. Then he got his homeboy to come and, and do he it. comes he comes to do it, and they hear it back and go. Hey man, that sounds good. I, I did well. He's like, yeah, because you didn't do that, mother. Beep. But you know what? I told you. I mean, your man Ringo was an idiot. Like, surely you would know what you played. Yeah, I know. But you know, they might have been high. So. But then the irony is the Beatles don't clear no samples for hip hop music. Yeah. Well, that's the irony. They don't need. 
Why should they? Don't care. Know. They don't care. Who killed Kennedy, man? Who killed Kennedy, I'm Chris? I'm not talking about that stuff. <laughs> Why? No, because that stuff scares me, bro. Why? No, this is the internet. I don't want... Listen, I'm a peaceful man. <laughs> I'm a peaceful man. I don't want no problems with no Italian mafia. You, I watch The Sopranos. Dude. You should say to me, be a Pisces, man. Jam. 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 Be a Pisces and jam. <laughs> I watch The Sopranos. I know what happens to snitches and rats and people who discuss information that has nothing to do with them. I'm not falling for that trap. Stitches get sti- uh, snitches get stitches? They used to. Now they get bought out, um, taken for dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what about the whole idea that the, I think we something we can probably uh, wax lyrical about is the current artists who don't know their craft anymore, who don't know music anymore, and that's why the music nowadays is so trash. Um, I, I, I'm fully behind Quincy with that. Um, I'm someone... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this because I'm some amazing, mind-blowing musician who's pushing the genre into new places and shifting boundaries i'm not saying that i just feel that if i were to apply what he said to myself is that you always need to study your craft you need to be knowledgeable about the areas you are passionate about so we started a podcast Mm. we're in episode four Mm. i've spent the last six months researching podcasts right who are the people in the podcast world that are doing it big who are the people i need to look at and think i'm gonna take what you do i'll take what you do i'll take what you do and i'll apply it to my own style so i listen to combat jack i listen to joe budden i listen to the brilliant idiots for example when i started rapping without even realizing it i've studied my craft by listening to rappers who i liked why do i like them what don't i like about them how can i take their style and apply it to my own style I think the problem with a lot of modern musicians is access. There's too much access, right? So when I started rapping or when people like Quincy Jones started making music, they didn't really have access to studios. There was no YouTube. There was no Instagram. So they literally had to work at their craft because it was their bread and butter. There were no kind of, uh, you know, you're going to get residuals from this and you're going to have sponsorship. Their music was their bread and butter. So if we apply that to a group like De La Soul, mm. De La Soul's live show, I hear, is one of the best live shows. It's, one of, it's amazing. Because they've, they've worked on their craft. They've applied yeah. their craft because that's what provides them with the money. It's yeah. their bread and butter. Yeah. A lot of artists today are overexposed and underdeveloped. Like my man Odyssey says. Overexposed and underdeveloped and knowledge isn't cool anymore, I feel. It's almost like... I've had people say to me, oh, you know, you're, you're looking into it too deep. Or, you know, that's not necessary. It's like, for example, some people start a podcast, right? We're mm. here. Yeah, yeah, Freshen. we're here. We're here. Literally, some people just turn up to the studio, turn the mic on and start a podcast. They've got no idea about the length or the style, the delivery, their aims, objectives. It's just not cool to, to, to study. I think smart, I think dumb is the new smart. Well, that well that it is, but I also think it's a society. That's a that's a society thing now. That's how we've developed a society, mm-hmm. right? It's we have no time. Mm-hmm. We've got so much shit going on. We've got mm-hmm. so much stuff happening. Yeah, the speed of life is crazy, and, and and now we can't keep up. We're in this rat race, and we need to do this, this, this. We need to put this podcast out. We need to do social media. Mm-hmm. We need to do marketing. We need to do email. We got to live our lives. We got to. We can't juggle all these things, so we're compensating and sacrificing certain things that we shouldn't. Yeah, right. Just to get stuff out. Yeah. What do they say about artists now? Yo, just be consistent. Just keep putting music out. And so you, you don't study the craft as much as much as just going, I need to have quantity out there, yeah. not the quality. Yeah, quantity over quality. And, yeah. that, and, that, and that suffers, right? Yeah. I love the fact that Quincy's talked about Taylor Swift going, it makes more songs, man, not hooks. Make more <laughs> songs, man. He, do, he do, does not mess 
with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, from from I a, think very few people mess with her. From a pop perspective, right? She does not make good. I don't feel that we grew up on. We you know we I don't know if we mentioned it last week. R and B. We mentioned Backstreet Boys, right? Boy bands, girl groups who made some fantastic pop music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys, I love. They mm-hmm. make great pop music. Taylor Swift doesn't make pop music like Backstreet Boys. Who does? I mean, apart from your man but, Bruno Mars. Well, Bruno's he's of a different. He's a different soul. Yes, <laughs> he's a different soul. For those who can't see it, Summit just put his hand out in a very uh, an uh, outward flam- di- in, in a flamboyant uh, <laughs> outward style. He was like, he's got soul. He's, he's got a different soul. He's got soul. Right? Yeah, he's got soul. I'm, I'm dripping in finesse. That's got oh, soul. That's, that's like my favorite song of the last year. That is a great song. Speaking of great songs, great singers, I loved when Quincy talked about and very real. And this is one of the gems I love from from the interview, where he talks about the greatest singer. Even the greatest singer can't save a bad song. We talked at length, at, you know, ad nauseum about R and B singers, and that fits perfectly because. You know, you mentioned how a lot of people nowadays can't really sing. They, they can't, can't hold sing. a note. They can't sing. They can't. They, a lot of them can't sing, dude. They they write great songs, um, but, well, but they can't sing. They may not be writing the great songs. That too. But you don't. It's it's worth noting, and your man Darnell's coughing. You don't have to be a great singer, yeah, to be a great songwriter. Yes, and you don't have to be a great songwriter to be a great sing a great singer. Mm. But um, I think Quincy's definitely right. Like a, a bad song is a bad song. Yeah. What I really what I've noticed in the last few years is a good song, a, a hallmark of mm-hmm. a good song is when you're able to sing it and interpret it in different genres. That's a great song. What do you mean? So, for example, um, Back for Good. Right. Take that. Yeah. Love that song. Okay. I think Gary Barlow yeah. wrote the hell out of that song. I'm being, dude, I'm being serious. There's a part in that back song. Back for um, Good. I want you I back. Like, yeah. I want you back. Um, I want you back for good. There's a part in the song that gasses me all the time. Um, um, Whatever. Whenever I'm wrong, I'll tell you. That part that one. messes me up. Like, I'm like, oh my days. <laughs> I love that part. But I've heard that song yeah. done in an R&B style. I've heard it done in a rock style. I've heard it done in a reggae style because it's just a good song. Interesting. So we, so Taylor Swift, Shake It Off, wouldn't really cut it. She's trash. <laughs> no, she's trash. He, there's one thing. He, her uh, figure offends me. Her, sorry? Her figure. What's that got to do with it? Just, I just don't like seeing her. It's like she could, she could fit in a McDonald's straw. All right, we're moving swiftly on. Tevin Campbell gets a shout out. Love that guy. Tevin Campbell. I totally forgot that Quincy Jones had a hand in his career. Yeah. Um, so Tevin was signed to Quest. Right. Quest Records. Yeah. Which was Quincy Jones's label. So on Quest, you had James Ingram. Wow. Who did that joint? Yama be there with Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. first heard that song. Some dude did it on Stars in Their Eyes. Back oh, in the day. What, the, the, the TV the show. The TV show. And I heard it. Yama be mm. there. I heard I'm like, I like this tune. Right. So when I was older, I always remembered it. And I went and found it, got my own money, bought it on iTunes. Anyway. Right. Another random fact about Quest Records is uh, they delved into the hip-hop right. circles for a bit. Um, one of their finest hip-hop releases was an album called Boxcar Sessions by Saphir. Safir, that's a name. Legend. Whoa, yeah. that's a name I haven't heard for a yeah, long time. He signed to Quincy Jones's label. Safir. Mm-hmm. So, so for those who don't know who Safir is, do your Googles. Go onto YouTube. Safir <laughs> is a West Coast legend in terms of lyricism. He was never a household name, 
But, you know, you go to any part of California, wherever, people know his name. Um, listen to Three Card Molly, the Boxcar Sessions albums, and also listen to the freestyle battle with Saphir and Hobo Junction Hobo versus Junction. Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. Yeah. yeah. Hiero, so, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mean crew. Yeah. Um, the Hieroglyphics school of MCing is a, an elite school. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, so Quest Records... Tevin Campbell yeah. was, signed, was signed to Quest Records. That's and I crazy. just found out today, he recorded Can We Talk when he was 16 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, no, I mentioned that last week. He sang like a grown man. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was so... I was so flabbergasted, like I was so shocked that someone so young mm-hmm. could speak and record... Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it might have been written for him, but the fact it that was he... was by Babyface. Right. But, so, but think about it. That's scary. Quincy Jones called Babyface. <laughs> I want to know what that phone conversation was like. I don't think there's much talking. It's just, hey, Kenneth, I need you to do something for me. Okay, Quincy, let's do it. That's like Megatron and Optimus Prime joining forces. <laughs> on site? No, it wasn't on site that day. It's like, listen, listen, we're going to call a truce. <laughs> just for today. You bring the Autobot man them. Yeah. I'm going to bring the Decepticon man them. And we're going to pow out. That's what it was. But no, Tevin Campbell absolutely deserves more acclaim. And I'm just but did Quincy that... say he didn't get the interview? Yeah, yeah, because the interview was asking about, you know, what artist do you feel should have got more acclaim? And well, he... he said something like, through the roof. I took that as a good thing. He said they went through the roof. No, I think he was talking about more acclaim. It's people okay. that should have got more acclaim than they, than they did. Well, he mentioned James Ingram yeah, he and did. Tevin Campbell. And yes. if, if that's what he's saying, then I, I, totally, yeah, I totally agree with him. Like, Tevin Campbell really, I think his legacy... It's solid in the sense that he's he made an R&B classic, mm. um, but his name just doesn't get mentioned. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, you, it, it really doesn't. What about rap being uh, just a four-bar loop now? Is he talking about now or just? As I a think whole? he's talking about now because he, he, you know, in other interviews, he's referenced um, the old school KRS, Melly Mel, uh-huh. in in a you know in a very positive light. Well, look, I love Quincy in it, so I'm gonna tell Quincy like this. It's cool to say that hip hop or rap is just four-bar loops. But when them publishing checks come in, Quincy, from the songs you sampled, I bet you don't say it then. <laughs> yeah, Quincy, I see you, I see you. For those who don't know, Quincy Jones has had many of his records used of course, yeah. in hip-hop songs. Um, records that he performed on and produced and yes. arranged. So some of his records have been used as four-bar loops. But I definitely understand what he's saying in the sense that sometimes it can be lazy. Mm. It can be seen as lazy. I love loops. Um, oh well, it's uh, hip hop where yeah. it's samples, loops. I love of it, of course. But I mean, so I f- if you get the right loop, yeah. like Primo was looping. Well, I think from like eighty yeah. nine until maybe you know Daily Operation, hard yeah. to earn. Then he started to chop. Yeah. But you got to understand, man. Quincy Jones is a music snob. <laughs> There's nothing. Well, wrong and with and that. there's nothing wrong with it because it's, with it's who he is. It's what he's learned. Yeah. I would think for a man who can play every instrument yeah. in the world. Yeah. For a man who can speak to animals using music, right? That rap might sound boring to him. Yeah, I get it. It would sound, it would sound quite lazy considering yeah, he, where he's come from. I get it. Um, so no, I get that. Did you read the the bit about him uh, and his uh, band buying drugs from Malcolm Little, who obviously became Malcolm X? I didn't. You need to break that down. So they me. used to go to Chicago, and when he used to go, to, apparently, story goes when he. When they used to be at Chicago, they used to buy drugs, and they used to buy their drugs from a guy, Malcolm Little, who turns out to be Malcolm X later. Oh well. 
Ain't that crazy? But of all the people, or your, your weed carrier turns out to be Malcolm X. Come on. Well, like we said before we did the podcast, Quincy Jones has lived our lifetimes times double. So it, nah, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, dude. Nah, he, it, he, it doesn't surprise me. Because, I, I mean, I was just fascinated about, you know, with ha- Harry Belafonte, you know, um, uh, King Basie, Quincy, when they used to be in Vegas, and the racism they used to, obviously, you know, it's pre-civil rights. Um, but there's so much racism that there you have the mob. Like, like they used to, the mob used to be this. They're goons. The entourage was the mob. That's, so a, Frank, that's a good entourage. I know, right? So Frank Sinatra would set, go, yo, you take care of these people. Because they used to eat in the kitchen. It's bugs, it shit bugs me out. Mm. Like, because we get so privileged, right? These people used to make 17000 a week, but they had to eat in the kitchen. Couldn't go in the casino, but, you know, their entertainment. And people nowadays with their privilege, I don't like it, bro. But, but you, you've, got to, you've got to remember, dude, it's like, it happens now, maybe in a concealed or covert way, a lot of people only see black entertainers as that. You're here to entertain us. And that's where our exchange and interaction stops. I yeah. don't even see you as human. I don't even see you as worthy. You're here to sing and dance for me, and that's it. Yeah, there is that, but I just I just found it intriguing that Frank Sinatra was the one to go, right, I'm putting a stop to that shit. But, but that's a great thing, though, because Frank Sinatra had pull. He had yeah. clout. It takes a Frank Sinatra to say, listen, that's not right. We can't do that. Look after these guys. So we were, if we were to apply that to, you know, our modern day social circles, it takes the person with clout to kind of shift the needle. Yeah. In well, certain it's, positive it's directions. It's what they, not. you know, we're going slightly political, uh, but with Black Lives Matter, right? Privilege, white privilege, the idea, the notion of white privilege, black privilege, and people need to speak out in order to help further the cause. You mentioned black privilege. Also want to shout out Charlemagne. He wrote a book uh, called Black Privilege, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Create It. Mm. Um, I haven't read the book, mm. but I plan to. But shout out to Charlemagne. Why, I, bought, I bought the book. Why have you not read it? Um, because I've been studying podcasting and my co-host Summit has kissed his teeth. <laughs> Bear in mind, I'm the Jamaican. I'm the Jamaican in this equation. Ross Clark. Oh, my days. Oh, you know, it, on, on racism and, 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 and all that, one thing that kind of really annoyed me uh, was, uh, well, now I'm not really surprised because the, lift, the, the, everything's been lift, the lid has been lifted off, mm-hmm. right? We're hearing all these stories about people that we grew up on, we once respected, doing all kinds of crap because they're still human beings, right? But Truman Capote, now he's a very well-known um, novelist. There was a movie done about him a few years ago come to realise and come to hear through Quincy that he tried to get Quincy shut down from a movie score. Why? Because he's black. Truman Capote called the fact that the score was being too bluesy. Code word for black. Code word for black, which Mm -hmm. Quincy knew Mm -hmm. and went, F that, did it, won an Oscar, Academy Award, Mm -hmm. and then Truman Capote calls up and goes, oh, you know, I was only there. And like Quincy does, I know what you you really meant. Mm -hmm. Go F yourself. What... What always amazes me is that some of the biggest racists are the smartest people. When you talk about intellect and book smarts, but they're racist. I don't understand but it. There's, but there's a difference between uh, being book smart, socially smart, and, just, and, and also this value system. I hear that. But you would even think in their quest for knowledge that at some point 
they would have read a book or come across some information that would have made them think, you know what? It's dumb being this smart, but being so dumb. Yes, but the other thing I'm going to point out to be devil's advocate is the books they probably read were probably biased anyway. True. Look, True. look at history when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah. All them textbooks and you yeah. end up reading like... I, I did history, I love it. If I didn't do English, I learned history. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. these textbooks and all they who re- who wrote them? The winner always tells a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that the winner always gets to tell the story. Absolutely. The victor, right? Yeah, yeah. And so then it begins it gets it gets biased. But I, I was I'm not any surprised anymore. All these stories coming about all these kind of people and what they're really like. I was just disappointed that someone like Truman Capote, someone who who would consider an intellect, mm-hmm. who's lauded, mm-hmm. would feel that way over someone like Quincy and well, couldn't see the talent. Well, you know, you got him, then you got Post Malone, same thing. Post Malone. Well, he's not hip-hop, is he? He doesn't want to be hip-hop, does he? He looks dirty, man. I don't... We're gonna. That's a different podcast. That's a different... Because I, I need to get... I need to get things off my chest with Post Malone and those kind of people who seem to... You um, know, it's so refreshing... What? ...to be the calm one for a change. Really? Because I'm always the belligerent one. Yeah. I'm always the belligerent one or the um, socially awkward one mm. or the one that wears his emotion on his sleeve. Therefore, my face looks angry. Right. It's just nice to have <laughs> someone else who is angry. And who's brown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the contrast. <laughs> the contrast. Not only in skin tone, but behavior. The it's, contrast. It's a contrast. It's yeah, a col- it's all about it's the contrast. Palette. Yeah, it's all about the contrast, bro. No, that's another episode because I don't like some people trying to profit off a culture that they don't really know much about but then seem to cherry-pick what they want. I don't like it. No. Go on. We're going to yeah, talk about that. I like the way you're talking, man. I'm going to invite you for dinner one day. You're official. <laughs> you're official. Yeah. Yeah. You're official. Speaking of being official, the Pope had pimp shoes. Pimp game strong. Yeah, religion is pimping. No, but did, not you not, did you not see what he said? Did you, did you he read? He said that he had pimp shoes. Yeah, on. and he yeah. said it out loud. Yeah. That's but what hilarious. do pimp shoes actually look like? Because I'm thinking alligator skin. Well, he had with some the, wings. With the long t- he, he had, had some wings on. Yeah, he was talking about he had some wings. And he goes, oh, Pope's got some what? pimp shoes on. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him because I know some preachers, right? Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. Yo, they yeah. wear the black patent shoes with the silk socks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even Sunday morning. You know, I wish... That's just a regular date. I wish Draper was a pimp. I heard he is. Now, he's slick. He got a new haircut. Has he? Yeah. Speaking of slick individuals, mm-hmm. Prince. Now, there's um, a great story that Quincy talks about. Um, it was at a James Brown concert. This story sounds great already. James Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson and Prince were there. At the J- same show? At the same show. James Brown goes, right, he brings out Michael... Michael comes out, does a chicka bow, a hee hee. Right? A shamona, a shamona. He does all that and then speaks to, like, he says something in, in um, James Brown's ear and then walks off stage. Shortly after, thereafter, James Brown calls out Prince. Mm-hmm. And after a long delay, Prince comes out. What was the delay? It's just this, Prince. This is the thing. Prince. Prince comes out and what is described as a car crash on stage where he almost, he was humping some sort of lamp and it almost broke in front of the crowd and he didn't make a good account of himself. Michael Jackson had this filmed and Prince said, if you ever show this to anyone, I'll kill you. I mean, later it comes out. It's, it's, on, it's, on, it's, on, it's online. Prince was a bad man. You know? Yeah, he was, he was. Prince you know, was a bad man. He was, he... It's online. He's so a goon. Prince was a goon. He was a goon. 
Dude, Prince was a goon. I remember. Prince you, was a goon? He was a goon. You know why? I, I remember one time a song leaked on the internet. Yeah. And Prince got, t- got it removed from the internet. He was a goon. He was a goon. Only a goon can call those shots. It's like Beyonce, she's a goon. She oh, she's a goon. She got Amory out of here. <laughs> Beyonce is Amory a Amory has not been seen since like 2002. No, I don't think she got Amory out of it. She might have got Kerry Hilson no, out of it. No, she here. got Amory out of it. You know why? It was it was Kerry. You know you know why she got Amory out of it? Let's we're gonna go for the tangent and okay. come back. Hit me, hit me. So Amory's producer was Rich Harrison. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. So yes. when Crazy in Love came out, yes. Amory kind of felt like Beyonce right. took her sound. Right. She took her producer. Right. Right. So Amory did a diss song towards Beyonce on her mixtape. Bear in mind. They're on the same label. No way. Yes. You do not throw stones at Sasquatch. They're on the same label, okay? So imagine you're in the office now thinking, okay, we've got two amazing artists here beefing with each other, but Beyonce's selling way more records than this Amory chick. I see her in the corridor. I thought she was the cleaner. Who are you going to pick? Amory's next album mm. did not even get released in North America, bro. It got released in the UK, but did not get released in North America. And then after that, I think she went to Def Jam. She made Great, she, she made Amory is one of my favorites. She makes amazing music. She, uh, musics, yes. Mu- music. I said music. Music. She makes amazing musics, but she she you know she made a diss track about King B. Yeah, she went. Yeah, she 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 went at the King. I'm she part of the, the Beehive. You know, I've seen Beyonce in concert more times. I've seen some no, rappers. No. You know, Beyonce. No, don't. Wow, Mm-mm. I didn't know that. Um, I just wanted to offer that information. That's by fine. The way. That's fine. One thing I I, I found a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. That I didn't know. And it now makes sense because in, in one of the interviews, Quincy um, references Mark Ronson as being a good producer. And then it hit me. I'm not saying Mark Ronson isn't. He's amazing. But Mark Ronson almost got married to Quincy Jones' daughter, Rashida. Oh, he got the juice? He almost got married to okay, her. He got the sauce. Yes! What does his daughter actually do? Rashida? Yeah. She is an actress. So I've never seen her in any film. No, nah, Oh, she does the office. The US, she was in the US office. Yeah. Parks and recreations. Yeah, yeah, she's oh, great. I, I do apologize. And she's, and she's great. I do apologize. She's great. I've I seen thought her... she was living off her daddy's name. I'm no, so no, 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 no. I'm I've so. Seen... What's her name? Rashida Jones. Rashida. I'm so sorry. Kadada, I think, is a. That's an ill name. Mod- model. That was the one that. Um, Kidada. Kidada. That was. Kidada. Kidada. Can you imagine, like, you say, like, mate, it's Kidada. <laughs> Harlem World. Kidada. Um, uh, yeah, that was the one with the, that was the one who was uh, engaged or with uh, Tupac. Kadada. Oh, the one that she, I thought she lived with him uh, for a few months before he died. She was with him in Vegas. Okay, she okay. was in Vegas. Do you reckon she was the one on um, camera saying "Get the chain"? Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Sad, right? Last things we see of Tupac is I said it, but people don't, I don't want of to, him, I him don't, kicking I don't, the crap out of some dude, dude over a chain. I don't want the Tupac fans to come get me. I don't need that stress. I'm they can a, come I'm for a, me. I'm the uh, no. You don't. You don't want that, bro. You don't want that, bro. Oh, so that was the other thing I was mentioned. I forgot. So the Prince story, mm-hmm. we went off a tangent. So he says to Michael, "Hey, don't put that out." Oh, and Quincy tells it that Prince tried to run over Michael Jackson, Latoya. <laughs> Is Latoya the one with the Latoya. Really square jaw? I have no idea. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> All I know is he he came, Prince came for Michael, Latoya, <laughs> and Michael's mother. He actually tried to run them over. Yeah. But what? No, no, no. Come on, dude. Like, you can't just tell the story like that. Quincy why told it. Quincy told it. But why? Because, There's got something happened. Because, because the rivalry. 
the rival. So what, because Prince, saw- Prince thought that yo, he showed me up. This is there was there was an intense rivalry, bro. Like, but wasn't Prince supposed to be on on the the bad single? Yes, and he didn't want to say your ass is mine. He didn't want to, you know, your you know your bird is mine. He didn't like that. You know that your bird is mine. Yeah, he, he didn't down, like yeah, that. Yeah, he wasn't down. The guy was he he wasn't down for that. <laughs> he, Sing it again, please. Donna wants me to say your bird is mine. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. He didn't like that. He didn't like that. Right. But you know what's crazy? Yeah. I thought Prince, uh, growing up, was gay. He was flamboyant. A lot of people. Flamboyant. Yeah. It's only when I was older I realized I had the game twisted. No, he, he wasn't gay. He kept a flurry up. No, uh, a plethora <laughs> of women by his side. Yeah. I had no idea. No, he was. I had no idea. It, Prince basically around the whole story. Prince felt Michael showed him up. Michael felt because the car apparently here is driving, kind of swerved, and Michael felt. Because Quincy said, Michael said to me, is he knew, He was trying to kill me, Latoya, and his okay, mom. Okay, so you're trying to tell me, so Michael sold a few more records than you, so you're going to go kill his mama. No, I just think there was an intense rivalry between the two. And They're I just think, like rappers then, aren't they? Yeah, they, are, they were. Oh, my God. They were, I don't think Prince was on We Are The World because of Michael. It was like that. It was on site. Optimus Prime and Megatron. It was on site. When they went to the house, Quincy called a meeting. Um, at, uh, at, I think at Michael's house or someone's house. And they wouldn't arrive, both of them, Prince or Michael, wouldn't arrive until one of the others did. Wow. It was like that. Funny enough, uh, I, was in, I was in a studio with an engineer who actually recorded Prince. No. For about 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> I, I worked, I'm not going to say his name, but he said Prince is uh, different. Yeah, I can he imagine. Said, he said Prince wouldn't speak to him for like days and they'd be in the studio together. Yeah. And then one day he'll just pop up and say, so, so what do you think about the game? Just like that. The Prince he, says, is, he said Prince, Prince was different. different. Prince was different. What about Hitler? Cokehead. Well, to ki- <laughs> yeah, okay, listen. Quincy listen. said them the, the whole Nazis were on coke because he um he was with or dated uh some woman who was no he was friends with the lady who was Goebbels who was like Hitler's right hand. Dude, that was like crazy. When you think about what Hitler did, there's only two explanations. Drugs, or he was possessed by a demon, because he was mad. No, he was mad. The ma- he was a madman. Yeah, he was mad. He was a madman. So him being a cokehead is—it doesn't surprise me. He was on something. I just didn't know that Quincy had those <laughs> that kind of affiliation. They, but then am I surprised? He knows everybody. But the question is, why is he not dead yet? He Who? knows too much. Quincy. Yeah. Well, yeah. He knows way too much. He, there was, and he's talking. He's talking a lot. I don't think he has anything to lose. He don't care anymore. What, what do you think what, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die Quincy you just die innit? like I don't he don't care he don't care bro I think he's seen too much he's he's he, you know when you you know the adults they just get to a point where they just don't care anymore Oh, I, the I, filter I got, is gone I got there many moons ago you got there yeah I came out the womb not caring wow yeah you, you didn't meet my grandma I'm a product of that generation <laughs> I'm a product of that generation so um, as we round up we should uh, talk about Something that got a lot of the headlines, which is Marlon Brando, James Baldwin, Woo! Uh, Marvin Gaye, yeah, uh, and Richard Pryor. Now, this is where this, I this li- was a revelation. <laughs> so let's let's uh, talk about the fact that there is and have been rumors about Marvin Gaye. Yeah, um... and 
that go away, that go beyond his surname. Yes, and that one of the reasons why his dad shot him, his daddy was a hater though. But that's the reason. Why, apparently, the story goes, mm-hmm. the rumor goes, that's why he shot Marvin Gaye because he was gay. Yes, or bisexual because he found he was he found out he was gay. That's a bit extreme. Hey, man. Homosexual people have been persecuted crazy, you know? So. Yeah, it's a bit extreme. It's, it's a bit extreme. extreme. I mean. They said Luther was gay or bisexual. Yeah. Sometimes, I, I mean, I. I sometimes I wonder, you know, when, when you hear them sing, I mean, you can hear the pain. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? But not just pain, but imagine what it would feel like to live your life and die with those kind of secrets and not being able to kind of be free. Be yourself. And be yourself. Yeah, no, that's, whether, that's whether hard. You, whether that's you hard. agree with their lifestyle choices or not, they may not agree that's with irrelevant. That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. But imagine yeah. there's something that's really important to you that makes up Summit. And just so you know, I've been calling you Summit for like 10 years. Yes. It's Summit, isn't it? Yeah. I'm so sorry. So imagine you <laughs> as Summit, right? <laughs> you have something that means so much to you and you need to take that to your grave yeah. in fear of persecution yeah no it's it's crazy it's sad and i don't i i know we're we're learned adults you know in 2018 blah 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 but no one should nobody should have to go through their life not wanting to be themselves yeah i agree you know we we there's a famous literary quote you're born free and then enslaved into chains Mm. right you're born free Mm. and then this is in a whole different podcast Mm -hmm. but you're born free and then you are trained to be part of this society. You're trained. Mm. From a, a young age, you are told to do this, 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 and this. And as you get through, uh, through life, you're, what you're learning is you have to unlearn all that shit. Yeah. To be free, you've got to unlearn all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Why are there more people doing yoga and meditation? They're trying to unlearn all that crap. They ain't trying to learn nothing, man. No, but they, the, the, trying... idea, the idea of it... But do you so... think people are doing yoga because they want to unlearn the way that... Listen, they're just trying to get their body in shape after having babies, bro. Right, but the, the idea around it, the meditation, all that, is to be with oneself. So, uh, and do, to be do you, with... Do you cross your legs and say, Woosa? Yeah. I don't say Woosa, bro. I say, Namaste. What is that? Namaste. Namaste. Mean? That's the Indian like greeting. It's like the it's the Hindu. I it's... thought it was food. Wow. I swear I saw Wow. Like, I saw a me- I saw Nah, a- it's I not saw- curry. It's not curry. Namaste is not curry, bruv. You just alienated like billions of people with your Namaste. No, I mean I didn't no, no, know. No, 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 no. But the idea around um, you know, yoga, uh, meditation, the old the don't get me started. The crux, right, of like Hinduism as it is, right, is about being one with an energy, right? Brahm, right? So you ever see anyone not talk Bur- about... Not Birmingham. Not, no, not Brahm, okay. Brahm, okay. right? It's an energy. It's energy in the universe. Mm-hmm. And to get to that energy, you've got to unlearn everything you've learned to get to that energy. So where are you in your unlearning process? Oh, I've got a long way to go, bro. That's how you're the chakras and the consciousness and all that. I could go all off. That's another yeah, 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 yeah. Clean up the chakras. Anyway, we were talking about Brando and Pryor having sex. <laughs> we've gone from... <laughs> yo! We went from the chakras and namaste to... So, you know, Pryor and Brando were getting it fucked. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, when he started talking about Richard Pryor... Yeah. At first, I was shocked. But then I started to think about Richard Pryor. hmm And the context of some of his jokes, his demeanour, mm-hmm. his character... Yeah. His flamboyancy... Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. No. But, 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 but... 
I heard he was a bit of a sexual deviant. And what I mean by that is, uh, I think her name is Pam Greer. Pam Greer, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was, made uh, she Jackie was, Brown? She was dating Richard Pryor. And supposedly, he was... This is so mad. I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast. Don't say it. He was putting cocaine on the tip of his penis to heighten his orgasm when he was having sex with Pam Greer. Check this out now, right? The cocaine made her infertile. No! Yeah, that she couldn't have babies. But he wasn't telling her he was putting cocaine on the tip of his penis. Do you know how mad that is? Well, that's crazy. I'm not here to speak ill of the dead, and we're going to talk about that stuff in a minute. But There's some parts of what Quincy was talking about. Cool. You have right to say. But let's not forget that Richard Pryor's wife came out the next day and said what Quincy said is true. Yes, but that's not for him to say. It's not for him to... It's not, listen, you can't go, oh, we shouldn't talk about that, but I'm going to talk about this instead. Okay, so what, you, what you're trying to say is, or are we, are we going to be looking at, is it appropriate to speak of the dead it's, in, an, in an ill manner? It's not about whether they're dead or not. They can still be alive, but that's not here. That's not... That's not his truth to tell about someone else. I that's agree. their lifestyle. I agree. Whether they're dead or alive. I agree. Right? He has no real right to be talking about that because, yeah, they went on a tangent. Do you, do you like do you like Brazilian music? Do you like Brazilian food? And yeah, by the way, Marlon Brando, yeah, he was on coke. He used to love that. He was a smooth mother. And oh, by the way, yeah, he fucked prior. Be a Pisces. Jam. <laughs> I, I don't... I don't know. I just... I feel a way about people divulging people's private and intimate moments, whether high or not. It's not yours. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the school of thought. Because he didn't talk about... Look, he talked about Ivanka Trump and his 22 girlfriends and the fact that he turned that down Madeleine Monroe. He said she had a nice set of legs on her too. Yeah, that man. made me laugh. It's just cringe, That made me laugh. But cringe, cringe. It's, it's, um, I'm of the school of thought. When one dies, like, okay, if I were to apply it to my personal life, there are people that I know who have passed who I wasn't necessarily fond of yeah. or have a lot of good things to say about, so I just don't say anything. Look. Andre 3000 said it best. My grandma said, if you've got nothing nice to say, say Nathan. That's it. His grandma's smart. Yes, and he yeah. didn't... Listen, that wasn't a question anyone asked him. No one asked him, do you know any stories about Richard Pryor, Marlon Brando, James Baldwin and Marvin Gaye? And he chose to divert that information. Yeah, but you know, men nowadays are very gossipy, dude. Everyone's chatting about yeah. this and that, and I don't Ch- like it. Just, chatty patty. I don't like that. I don't know. chatty patty syndrome. Yeah, a lot of men, a lot of men, and I don't want to be sexist, and I'm not alienating our female listeners, but but in the historical context, m- women have been painted as you know being kind of gossipy, and it's not always true. No, but I feel that men are becoming increasingly gossipy and bitchy and petty. Yeah, again, that's a society thing yeah, we're it's getting petty. to. We're it's it's a society thing that we're developing. Uh, and, you know, it's cool we're, we're evolving as a society, whether it's good or bad, but I just have a problem with the fact that someone is talking about... Like, Richard probably got kids, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, he got kids, and they might be grown, but imagine if imagine if that was, you know, you, you, you heard that about your parents. Dude. And, and you hear it from Quincy. I'll punch Quincy up. You see what I'm saying? I don't care if you made Thriller. I'm putting hands you see all what I'm over you. I'm putting hands and feet on him. And I, and I think, you know, I know he's, I he's older. I, I, and bruv, I don't care how old Quincy is. I clothesline him. <laughs> Tombstone. Bruv, I clothesline Quincy Jones, yeah? I'm taking his hard drives, right? And I'm, I'm freestyling on all them beats and I'm putting it out. 
Quincy Jones can't talk about my dad. And Sir Lloyd Mitchell, are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> if I die and you release any secrets about me, right, I'm coming out of the ground, bro. I would never do that. I'm okay. coming out of the ground and never... I'm going to haunt you forever. But like Kane and Undertaker, you Paul Bearer. You... Oh, yes. Oh, whoo. <laughs> um, that was a really bad Paul Bearer impression. Nah, Rest right. in peace, Paul Mooney. Moody. Name Moody, 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 yeah, Moody. Yeah, yeah. Paul Mooney is the comedian who used to write for Pryor. Oh, yeah. Paul Mooney. Yeah, I like that. That's a good segue. Yes, You're it is. You're getting good at this, bro. I'm tr- I You're try. I try. You're getting good. I, I smile try. like a, a proud dad watching my child who made it. <laughs> you hit me with Nas now? You hit me. You hit me with Nas now? Yeah, got to, you know. Okay. Got, got to assert one's authority. Speaking of authority, it's time to wrap up. Wrap it up, then. Wrap it up, then. All right, we've got some people to thank. Uh Thank Click Productions. Oh, yeah. We've got to thank Man Like Darnell. But we're paying them. Yeah, but we've still got to thank them. Really? We spread the love. Yes. Okay. Plus, we also, if we thank them, then they, we know they listen to it. There's, there's, we're not getting a discount. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm Indian. I have to think about That's what discount. I'm telling you. I'm glad you said it. Because I know what you're trying to get. Ain't no discounts here. I'd be like, how's business? You know, uh, we've come here. Business is great. Pay. Can we get, you know, even if it's one pound... You know, because the satisfaction of getting that one pound off is everything. In London? Do you, listen, dude, one pound can't buy you hubba bubba out here. Listen, man, I got, a, I got a club card voucher from Tesco's. I got £4.50 off. I'm living. Okay, well. Okay, but thanks wrap to everyone. Wrap it up then. <laughs> wrap it up then. Wrap it up then. <laughs> uh, thanks to everyone at Click Productions. Um, make sure you follow us on all our socials at Break the Atoms. Break it up. Break it up. Break it up. Break it up. Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, at Break the Atoms. Also, don't forget to rate, subscribe, uh, and comment on iTunes. I'm very, very excited that we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on your favorite podcast player. Wrap it up, then. Okay. I've got nothing else to say, Chris. 